love to do some reality TV bonus episodes here and there. And obviously, we had to discuss Bling Empire. Bling Empire is on Netflix, and it's sort of like Crazy Rich Asians meets Selling Sunset. And it it quickly sucked us in, I would say. That's a really good comparison because I would say it's just as addicting as Selling Sunset was. And their lives are just as lavish as Crazy Rich Asians. I got sucked in. I Have you ever seen the meme that's like, I finished Netflix? <laughs> is that you? That is my life. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give this a try. Full disclosure, I'm not one for reality TV actually beside, like outside of the Bachelor franchise because I think there's so many Bachelor shows it can get a little bit overwhelming because you have Bachelor, Bachelorette, and then Bachelor in Paradise. So I'm not into like the Bravo shows or Love Island, any of those so I try to stay away from like the other reality shows when I can. Besides when they're on Netflix and we watch them all in 2020. <laughs> yes. In Netflix, I am actually really impressed with their reality TV options because I got sucked into this and I binged it all within, I think, honestly, two days. Oh my gosh. Well, I think it, I was surprised in the last episode. I was like, is this the last episode? Yeah, it's, I wish there was more. I hope, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a season two, but I actually just recently learned it's made from a former producer of Keeping Up With Kardashians. Yeah, so there's some big hitters with this series. It's obviously filmed before COVID and I don't know about you, but the whole time I just had that whole like, oh my gosh, why aren't they wearing masks? They're hugging. Like, when was this filmed? It just seems like that world was so long ago, even though it was basically a year ago. That's so funny you say that because actually the whole time I was like, oh, are they having these parties during COVID? And it's just so funny how much our minds have been altered during this pandemic. I know. It, it's crazy. So I think overall, I enjoyed the show. I liked it a lot. I don't think I loved it. At certain points, I was almost disgusted <laughs> with like how rich they were <laughs> and the way that they used their money. Now, some of them were doing things that were bettering society. Like Botox parties? <laughs> Not the Botox parties. But I just, I can't fathom. I always say this. If I were to become a millionaire tomorrow, I seriously don't think I would buy designer stuff. Like I have no interest in a Louis Vuitton purse. Like I don't have one. No shade if you do. That's great. Like I'm just not into designer clothing. Like I don't, we've talked about this. I don't own a pair of Lululemon leggings and that's not even designer. Like Gucci, I, I have no desire, but also I wasn't. You know, you're from the Midwest when you're like, Lululemon is so designer because <laughs> I have the same thought. $90 leggings are so designer. I just, I think that when you're born and raised with that kind of money, it's a completely different game. But if you like become rich at 30, or even 40, I just don't see you spending the amount of money that these people would. I mean, this was like on another level. I feel like I, after binging it so quickly, and then there's a reunion episode. I don't, know, I don't know if you saw this, but David Spade and a couple other comedians host. It's not even a reunion. They interview them for like five minutes via Zoom. It's honestly like not that funny. I thought it was gonna be a lot funnier because I thought David Spade was really funny, but Apparently it's not. <laughs> it wasn't the best reunion show, but there was one okay. interesting thing. They asked the girls, they had Christine, Kelly, and Sherry on the show. 
And they were like, what's the most expensive thing that you guys all own? And Christine actually said, baby G is the most expensive thing I own, which was pretty funny. Kelly was like, I own a $700,000 piece of jewelry. Can you imagine owning a piece of jewelry that is more than a very nice house? Wait, Kelly said this? Yes. Wait, $700,000 piece of jewelry? $700,000 piece of jewelry. Oh my gosh, that gives me anxiety. My gosh. What kind of ring will Andrew get her? We'll get into all this. We need to outline the characters. (laughs) Okay, let's get into it before we go into this recap, the reunion show. Should we start with Kane, who I feel like was kind of the glue of this show? The main, yeah, he's the main character, I would say. Without having anything to contribute to the storyline, I might add. Yes, but, okay, so when he first came on, I was like, this guy's too extra. I can't. And he ended up being, I think, one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite. He has some great, funny one-liners. Basically, he's the narrator for the whole show. And he, yeah, he's the glue. That was good, yeah. I feel like he's, yeah, he connects everyone because he brought Kevin into the group. And Kevin is someone who clearly did not grow up very rich. He grew up very normal. No, he's the only one who is normal and not rich. And he's great because he kind of grounds everyone. Well, no, he doesn't <laughs> ground the characters, but he makes the show like more watchable. It gives because, you perspective. Yeah, and he's totally just mind blown at how much money these people have. So he was my favorite character, personally. Yeah, I really liked their dynamic together. I thought they were a really cute friend group, and they were just so different. Like... Kevin basically doesn't own anything designer, and Kane has this entire wall of designer shoes, which was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I've said this before. Don't get me started on designer shoes. I don't understand it. I never will. You're like so Rachel from The Bachelorette. (laughs) (laughs) Never bought a pair of shoes over $40. Yeah, I I really liked Kevin and Kane's friendship. I wonder, like, how they became friends, though. Like, how do you become friends with a billionaire? Okay, so I've tried Googling this before, and I've seen mixed answers because it seemed like they weren't all friends. It wasn't, like, a friend group that they came in were like, okay, we're going to film you guys. It seemed like some of them were friends, and then they brought in some other randoms because it seemed like Anna didn't know Kim, and it also seemed like Kevin had just met all these people, too. And there's like mixed answers. Some people are like, oh, they're real life friends. But then on this reunion show, it sounds like they don't really, they haven't really hung out a ton post-filming. So I don't know how close they all are. I watched this YouTube video, like, where are they now? To refresh my memory. And it was really great before recording this. They have a group text, but there are certain people not in it, which we'll get to. But so that leads us to Anna. Anna is like the kookiest batshit crazy woman she's a she's a like the heiress to a weapons and private defense company and she's she's a billionaire she has a private jet like it's literally her jet it's not like her family's she was ridiculously wealthy like when kevin first joined the friend group she was like all right i'm gonna have all these reps from dior come to my house and you can pick out what you want and bought him basically a new wardrobe of Dior. And what was it, like $1,000 shoes or $1,300 tennis shoes? They were definitely over $1,000. 
Yeah, so it's very clear Anna's kind of people want her to like them, but like you never really you don't always know where she stands and she's kind of hard to understand sometimes. I don't know if she was just really drunk all the time. I she's just very interesting. And she's older like than all these people. How about when she had Kevin at her house and she just like undressed? So weird. Yeah, there's a lot of weird Anna moments. Very quirky. Probably the richest of all of them, I would think. Okay, so I got the impression that Christine, which maybe this is a good time to get into the Anna versus Christine feud, but I got the vibe Christine may have been more wealthy, but then their whole vi- like their whole entire feud was based off of Anna saying Christine is kind of like a wannabe and Christine just not really understanding why she's so angry. My problem with Anna was the first few episodes, I really liked her. I was like, this woman I feel like is no nonsense. Just, you know, she's not fake. But then I kind of noticed, I feel like she is never mad at men, but she's like always got a problem with the females. Did you notice that? Oh, I kind of did. We'll get to to this, but when Kim... And the other guy are at her house. They find something in the shower. His name's Guy. His name's Guy? Yeah. <laughs> he, guys, he was not like a lead character. That's why I didn't remember. <laughs> I just remember thinking it was really like, funny that his name was Guy. An ancillary. It's an ancillary character. Okay, so Christine is probably 10. I don't know how old Anna is, but Christine's like 10 to 20 years younger than Anna. She is married to a plastic surgeon who would also be like the king of, or I'm sorry, I guess the emperor of China if the dynasty still existed. Yes. Like just insanely powerful, wealthy family from China. That's crazy. Can you imagine being a descendant of an emperor? (laughs) Like, no. No, I really can't. Her son. I live in Indiana. So her son, who they called Baby G. I actually don't know what his real name is. Do you? Gabriel? I think it's the first name of the doc of Dr. Chu, her husband, I think. I think it's, is it Gabriel for both of them? I can't remember though. They would just call him Dr. Chu and Baby G throughout the series. Yes. So Baby G would be a prince if these dynasties were still around. And Christine is just... I don't know. I went back and forth on how I felt about her. What about you? I did too. I think Anna makes comments that when she first met Christine, she wasn't like trying so hard to to appear rich and powerful and kind of famous. And she's Christine's definitely someone that strikes me though as like she brags about stuff. Even if she doesn't think it's bragging, it's kind of ridiculous the things that she says or compares you know, how how much money each person has or she's kind of judgmental. That is true. So do you remember at one part when Anna throws a party, a dinner party, and Christine shows up in a necklace that apparently resembled one that Anna has? I think it was the exact same one. Was it? Which there's probably like two in the whole world or something. Maybe that's why it was a big deal. It was a Louis Vuitton necklace. But Christine was making comments about the party favors because she was like, when I threw a party, everyone got, I forget what the thing was, but it was something ridiculously expensive and Anna gave out paperweights. No, it was, it was that, okay, so this is where Christine was 
that she did some good. So at her fancy party for the Chinese New Year, for each guest that came, her and her husband funded money towards an orphan in China. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Which I can't imagine how much that is. That's great, though. Like, I would much rather have that party favor than, than this glass butterfly that Anna, whatever the heck, paperweight. Yeah. I remember when she said that. I was like, that is crazy. You have to be so rich to be able to sponsor a child for every one of your guests. She also shut down Rodeo Drive. You have to be so rich to shut down. Like, can you even imagine the trap? Like, you couldn't drive. No one in LA could go there unless you were at the party. Oh my God. So crazy. So this dinner party was kind of towards the beginning. And I love how Anna switched the nameplates. She was like, you know what? I'm going to put Christine all the way at the end in like the worst spot and moved her and her husband. And it was just like all of the friends slash cast members were at the other end of the table by Anna and Christine and Dr. Chu were shunned to like the end of the table, which I thought was a little petty. But they made such a big deal about that. Just sit there and be fine with it. I don't get it. (laughs) True. It was a little bit dramatic. Christine's like, well, everyone's over there. (laughs) She kept saying it. Yeah, I thought she was pretty dramatic overall. We also need to talk about baby G. Yes. So Christine said that it took her 10 years to get pregnant. IVF was involved. It was clearly very traumatic for her. And I don't know, like, thank God it was a boy because she kept stressing about your whole duty in that culture is to provide an heir to Dr. Chu's name. And it's, it was, I don't know. I felt like they went with that storyline for a while, but then they kind of dropped off. Remember when she was like, oh, there's so much more to this story that that nobody knows. So I thought this was weird because for like half of the series, it was the storyline was that Christine was kind of treated badly by Dr. Chu's family because she wasn't getting pregnant and she was they were trying. And for 10 years, she couldn't get pregnant. And she was getting very emotional because she was like, it was just horrible for me. Like, I don't want to go through that again where, you know, I feel shame because I can't get pregnant, which I felt so bad for her. I can't imagine what that must be like. But then all of a sudden, like at the halfway point, it comes out that Christine tells everyone who's watching this show that Dr. Chu was actually the one who was having some sort of problem. They didn't expand on that at all. But she was saying that it was basically on his part that they couldn't conceive, which I thought was weird that she was, that they couldn't tell the family that, but now she can all of a sudden tell the entire world watching this show. I didn't understand that. I thought the same thing. And I think that's what she meant when she was like, there's so much more to the story that, that nobody knows. But I also, I mean, I think she was 40 or even lower 40s when she gave birth to baby G, even though she, of course, does not look 40 at all. But I think from the time there was something said in the they went and visited a fertility clinic because she froze her eggs because Dr. She wants another baby is another storyline. Did you feel like he was a little pushy about that? Yeah, I don't. That's like such a personal thing to talk about. I guess that's why reality shows are so great. Right. But yeah, I mean, he clearly he was really pushing for it and her 
body couldn't, she was saying like, my body can't handle this. So then they looked into a surrogate, which great. If you're that rich, heck yeah, Kim Kardashian, like, oh my gosh, why not? Well, that's frowned upon in their culture. And she thought that her in-laws would be even more upset. So in the end, they don't, they don't have a sibling for baby G. At least at this point, who knows what's going to happen. But they still have, I think, three embryos frozen, two or three embryos frozen. So they still have this option on the table, it sounds like. But I just thought that whole entire situation was a little bit confusing, the way it played out and the way that they flip-flopped. But I do, I mean, I feel bad. That's like a very hard thing, I think, for women to talk about. And I mean, I'm glad it was shown because I think it's something, I mean, obviously not everyone has the money to you know, do these fertility treatments and all that. So that's a different side of it. Just thinking like, can you imagine your in-law is not like hating you essentially and being on horrible terms with you because you couldn't have a baby. That's, that's so sad. And it was very interesting to learn all about that culture and how, how much emphasis they place on having a child and still like having a boy. Yeah. That's, you think that's such like an archaic thought process but I guess it's not in certain cultures. I was really glad that they included this storyline because I think there was a lot of superficial stuff going on. And it, you know, there's in reality shows, there's always the partying and the drama and the cheating and all that silly drama. And then seeing this was a little bit refreshing, I thought, and made it the characters more real. Yeah, it was a real life problem. People struggle with it every day. So... That's Christine versus Anna. Kelly. (laughs) Okay. I have a lot to say about Kelly. Kelly is a beautiful entrepreneur. She's divorced from a millionaire, but he actually is in jail or was in jail for committing fraud. And she had no clue. That whole story was crazy. I don't know like when she was married and when she was divorced because I would guess she's in her mid thirties. She's 35. Okay, she so she's an entrepreneur of what businesses? I don't really know. We never saw them at work, which I thought was funny. Well, none of them work besides apparently Kelly. She did say in this reunion thing, she was like, she said something about how, I know it was never shown, but like I do work a lot. And it sounds like work is a really big part of her life and it wasn't shown. I I did Google some things about her because I wanted to know more about her relationship with Andrew, which we'll get to. But it did say she has several successful companies and kind of like is an investor with certain startups and stuff. So she was married to someone really rich, but then she kind of like made it on her own, it seemed like. Okay, so Kelly was probably one of my favorite female characters. And I know you have some thoughts on this. But I just thought she was such a cool girl. Like, she was so chill. I thought you can just tell that she has this air that she's, you know, really confident. She's clearly very successful. But her relationship with her red Power Ranger boyfriend was the most ridiculous, dramatic thing ever. It was right up there with, like, Spencer and Heidi. Yeah, and, like, when you think about these raw reality TV show moments like Becca and Ari's breakup and stuff. Kelly and Andrew get into a fight over the phone. So Anna takes, Anna flies Kelly and Andrew, her boyfriend, out to Paris for Kelly's birthday. 
this note, this is when I was like disgusted with how, like, can you imagine flying to Paris for dinner? Because it's, it's, it's Anna's favorite restaurant. And obviously they did other stuff there, but essentially she's like, my favorite restaurant is in Paris and I want to take Kelly to it. Happy birthday. Like what? That was ridiculous. I cannot imagine having a friend like that. I would feel so uncomfortable. I would too. I was thinking that I would be like, oh, let's fly coach. (laughs) Or like even when she bought Kevin the clothes, like he handled it really well because he was just like, sure, thanks. I would have been like, I can't take this. Like, I don't know. Well, but Kevin later is like, should I return it? And he tries to. And Anna's like, that is a gift. You're my friend. That's a gift. So it was interesting to kind of see his wheels turn and be like, should I have accepted this? Is this horrible of me to? Well, didn't his wheels turn? Did Kane point out? He was like, I think she's testing you to see because Anna is a little bit of not conniving, but she thinks like that. And he was like, I bet she's testing you. So then that made Kevin think. Think about being a millionaire or a billionaire and how much people try to take advantage of you. Oh, sure. I don't think I would want to be that rich. Yeah. And people come out of the woodwork. You're like your second cousin. Oh, I need money or whatever. So Kane kind of planted that in, in Kevin's head about, I don't know. Are you sure? You know, she might be testing you and your friendship. So. Which was a good point. I mean. It was. It was. So back to Paris, they land and and Andrew is very jet lagged and he goes, he falls asleep and Kelly and Anna don't. So Anna's like, let's go shopping. I don't need my boyfriend coming shopping with me and my friend in Paris in the first place. I don't think my boyfriend would want to come shopping. No, it was. So he calls her. And they get into the most explosive argument. And this was all over the phone, and but it was so intense. And he had she has it on speaker, so Anna can hear it. Obviously, the cameras can hear it. He loses his mind just because he was jet-lagged and fell asleep and they left. That was so he was scary. It was seriously scary. So the reason that I am not a fan of Kelly, even though I agree with with what why you liked her, Marcy, is just because. Throughout the whole thing, she keeps going back to him, can't stay away from him. All these people are telling her what a bad, toxic relationship it is. Yes, and she just can't. It's that girl that you used to be friends with in college or whatever that, like, cannot leave the boyfriend alone, and then you're just like, I can't help you anymore. That's a really good comparison, actually. That's exactly what it is. It's just interesting because Kelly seems to be the breadwinner and this relationship. I don't know how much money this red power ranger is bringing in. I was looking up what else he's done and it is nothing. (laughs) Right. He's a very attractive person, I will say, but he totally lost attractiveness to me after all of his antics. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, I thought he was super attractive when he cut his hair, but when he had that long hair, I was like, Ooh. And then all of a sudden he, he came in an ITM and he had short hair. I was like, who is this guy? He's hot. And then <laughs> that's actually good. I forgot that he had that long hair at first. And I was like, ew. So I thought I respect that they went to couples therapy. I mean, I guess if you can afford that and you're in that position, you know, why not try that? It seems like I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you're going to couples therapy before you're even married, that is not good. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I'm obviously not married. So I feel like I don't have that perspective. I can't judge that. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I'm not a relationship expert, but I don't know. <laughs> Just because you're married, that doesn't mean you're a relationship expert, let me tell you. But I just find it very troubling that. No, I agree. Because I think even, I guess, do you remember when Ben Higgins and Lauren Bushnell were like going to couples therapy beforehand and they were saying it was to work things out? I always thought that was a little interesting, but I also maybe could see if you're doing it, not not because you have problems, but because you want to uncover, maybe you're not good at thinking of these conversations you should be having before marriage. I could see the benefit of that. We did um we did couples counseling before marriage. The woman who married us wanted like highly recommended it and it was amazing because you talk about you know money and how many kids do you want? Do you even want like stuff that should come up before you get married obviously, but it's hard to talk about and it's hard to like bring up at dinner like Oh, hey, should we pool our finances together? Yeah. So that's that's a little different. I do think that they were trying to uncover why Andrew had this, what is it called? Anger management. That's what it is. And sometimes he just needs to be hugged is what he said. Oh my gosh. That guy is psycho. Their relationship was very toxic. It was really tumultuous and kind of hard to watch. And it was just shocking to see a woman like Kelly, who clearly has everything together, still kind of being pulled into this toxic relationship because I feel like you don't normally picture women like that in those relationships. So it's interesting to see the final scene of the series. So, okay, so they break up. Event. I don't even remember what the final straw was. Was it just? They lived together and then he moved out. I think in therapy, she said, I just like can't do this anymore. That's right. Remember, the therapist was like, I feel like you want to be out and then she was like, I'll give you a week to get your stuff out of the house. And then, you know, we'll be done. And then they end up meeting up, of course. Again, they're like, the dog wants to see you. That's what I'm talking about with Kelly. It's like these, she's she's this powerful, successful woman. And then she's like really weak in some, which I'm, I'm not saying. I'm sure everyone has weak spots. And it was just so hard to see. Yeah, the dog wants to see you. Oh my gosh, come on. And then they, like, make out at one point. He comes over. They're hanging out. And, you know, they're quote-unquote friends. I'm like, you guys are not friends. You cannot be friends with an ex that you lived with. I'm sorry. And then it gets around to the rest of the cast, and she lies about it. That's another thing I didn't like. And this was, okay, so part one of the storylines is Kevin has had a crush on Kelly this entire time, but she's in a relationship with Andrew, so he feel like he feels like he can't move in, obviously. So he finds out they finally— break up and he moves in. He's like, I'm first. He was like, I'm going to give her some time. And then it was like a week later and he asks her on a date, which was stupid. I think he should have let given her some time and she might've been into him. They go on the most awkward date ever. <laughs> oh I my God. about this. So they go dancing. He's like, I really want to do something. Salsa dancing. So usually he says his typical date is he invites girls over for pancakes because he's like, that's like the easiest way to get a girl to hook up with you. What? Oh my <laughs> gosh. I don't remember that. Kevin is a model, by the way, and he's very attractive. He is insanely attractive, but they all make fun of him for being kind of dumb. Yeah, he's he like frequently has his shirt off and stuff. <laughs> so apparently his move is he invites girls over to his house for pancakes and he really wanted to dazzle 
Kelly. So he ended up taking her salsa dancing. And the whole entire time that they're dancing, he's trying to kiss her. And you could just tell she is not having it. She is trying to avoid it every single way she can. And he's not getting it. Yeah, they do like a replay of every single time she dodges. <laughs> oh, it was so cringe. So she goes on a date with him, but then she basically ghosts him and doesn't really like follow up or anything with him. And then sure enough, you know, Andrew comes over and they start making out. And yeah, then, you know, she lies about her and Andrew talking and that they've seen each other. She tells Kevin she just sees him as a brother. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Although they do seem to still be friends, I guess. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah, and in this reunion episode I watched, apparently they still talk. So I think they're good. Maybe they got their awkwardness out. Kevin just needed to at least try. But the final scene of the series is Kelly shows up at what looks like Andrew's doorstep and he lets her in. What a cliffhanger. I was like screaming, screaming at the TV. It sounds like they're still together, by the way, FYI. Yeah, they are. Or they've gotten back together, whatever you would say. They took six months off after filming. Really? Yeah, they were like, we're not going to talk or or be together for six months. And then they ended up getting back together. And they're, I guess, doing better than ever is what they say now. You can tell they're very, very drawn to each other. And there's like all the drama and like passion. For sure. It's, It's such a good comparison, like the college relationship where you just can't get away. Ugh. Anyway, so... That's Kelly and Andrew. That was a that was my I was most invested in that storyline, I, I think, throughout the whole show. I think I was too. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie, part of me was rooting for them just because I could tell how much they really do love each other. I just want Andrew to not be so angry and scary. I don't think that you change someone like that is my problem. That's true. It's just, I think it was just sad because you could just tell she really, really loves him. He obviously loves her too, but it like pained her to not be able to be with this person because of his issues. Yeah. I think I was surprised because a lot of the, some, I shouldn't say a lot. Some of the cast members have said like in the, where are we now YouTube thing that people change and, you know, Andrew's Andrew's like working on it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but do people that freak out that bad like really change? I don't know. I Maybe. We'll see, I guess. I hope he does. He just, even when he was, sorry, now we're getting back into it. But even when he seemed like he was good and calm and collected, he seemed like he was like holding back from being, lashing out. Yeah, like he had this inner rage. Yes. And then they would, I don't know if it was editing though, but they would like, Kelly would be telling she was like telling Christine about the big blow up in Paris and like they zoomed in on Andrew just like clenching his jaw <laughs> and like super pissed. And I was like, he's going to go off at her at this party now. Or when he asked if she's been on any dates and she lied, right? No, I think she told him. I don't know. I, I don't remember. I don't know if she like went into a, a ton of details, but she told him and he was It was kind of scary. I'm like, this guy's going to flip out. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. Well, you guys tell us what you think. Are you team Kelly or not? (laughs) So we'll table that one. Yeah, we'll (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's talk about Kim. I loved her. She grew on me. Kim is a allegedly a famous DJ <laughs> in Singapore, I guess. But she lives in LA, so I don't I don't know how that works. She's beautiful. They call her like the Kim Kardashian, like the Asian Kim Kardashian. I saw is what they're calling her. Oh, I could see that. I just I, I also want to note, I was very curious at how all these people ended up in LA and why LA? Like why not New York City or That's true. I mean, I guess LA has that beautiful weather and I wonder if it's a quicker if their families are still in Asia, I wonder if it's a quicker flight. And I wonder if they have places in Asia still. I'm sure they do. If you have that much money, you probably have multiple places. But Kim's mom and stepdad had a huge house in Malibu right on the ocean. I loved her mom. Yeah, I did too. And like, so her parents were based there. The whole storyline with Kim, she got into some hot water with Anna. She dumped a drink on Kevin at one point. That was pretty heated. But let's talk about her and Guy going over to Anna's. So Anna invited them over for, what is this, like a massage party? Yeah. Like, I do want some friends that that throw massage parties, though, I will say. I don't know if I want those massagers to have their fingers in my mouth, though. Like, Yeah, they were doing these mouth, which is so funny. Ever since I saw that episode, they were doing these mouth massages where they the therapists, they're wearing gloves, but they, like, put their fingers in your mouth and are really, like, going at it with your cheeks and stuff. But now I've seen that a couple different places. I can't remember if it was on Instagram. It's all the rage now. I think, was it brought up on The Bachelor this week? Maybe. There, it was in something very recently. Yeah. It was somewhere. It might have been The Bachelor. I could be making that up, but I've seen it somewhere. It was a very interesting massage party, but nonetheless, I would like to attend. <laughs> it was like a small group, wasn't it? It was like Kevin, Kane, Kim, and Guy. Yes. So they, Kim and Guy, take it upon themselves to just go into Anna's house and start like looking at her big mansion. And not only do they do that, they're like giggling and the windows are open and everyone's in the backyard. They're like giggling and like touching things and picking things up. They like went into her bedroom. They went to her bathroom. I I didn't like this. I thought it was a little rude and invasive. I did too. And I don't know if they just cut out a conversation where Anna's like, oh yeah, go check it out. But it didn't seem like they were invited in or they weren't like, oh, Anna, your house looks so cool. Like, can we go check it out? It it just seemed like they literally walked in and started messing with things. They were like giggling and... Yeah, they were like really loud and obnoxious. I would say Kim is pretty obnoxious. Yeah, she's she seemed a little immature, I thought, at this part. Because I think they were walking in and... I can't remember. They were like making fun of stuff, kind of. Yeah, like her decor and her style and her vibe. So they find something in the shower and it's a penis pump and they are just dying of laughter. Everyone's like looking towards the window of Anna's bedroom. Like, what are they doing in there? Why are they even in there? And then they throw this penis pump out the window. I thought this whole thing was so rude. I don't get why they had to go into her bathroom, why they had to touch her stuff. Like if you find something private in someone's room and you're like, oh my God, this is so weird. And you like giggle about it and you leave. Okay. You don't throw it out a window. I don't get what the point of that was. Like, why would you even want to touch that? I did think it was. So afterwards, everyone's like, what the heck? That was like not, that was like disrespectful. That was not cool and stuff. 
And then Kim's just so loud and obnoxious. And then finally, Anna kind of like goes off, but doesn't direct any of it at Guy. It's all at Kim. And like Guy was the one that threw it out the window and stuff. I thought that she kind of treated them unfairly. I feel like she didn't act like Guy was a part of it. And I mean, I didn't like that Kim didn't apologize. She kept saying, I didn't, I didn't. And it was very immature the way she handled it. She could have just been said sorry, gone on with it. But it was weird that Anna didn't have a problem with Guy, but she had a problem with Kim. And that spawned for almost like the entire series until the last episode when Kim finally apologized. In a genuine way. Yes. And I was very proud of her for doing that. She went through kind of, which we'll get into, she didn't have a relationship with her dad. And she goes on this quest, which, well, I guess Kane and Kevin go on a quest. Yeah, this is really bizarre. I thought this was the weirdest storyline of, and like, honestly, didn't even really make sense to me. So Kevin is adopted. At one point, Kevin is talking to Kane and Kim about, there's so many K's, well, he's talking to Kane and Kim about his adoption. He wants to figure out who his parents are, but he can't because there's some sort of blockage with international adoptions. So he's just very upset and, you know, he's kind of down because he can't figure out who his birth parents are. And Kim says, you know, I can kind of relate because I don't have a relationship with my dad. And she hires a private investigator to find her dad. Because after talking to Kevin, she realizes this is a missing piece in her life that she feels that in her adult life, she should at least find some closure with. So the investigator finds what he believes to be her dad living in North Carolina and gives her a phone number. And she tells Kevin and Kane this and goes over to Kane's house. They call as a group. And I don't think anyone answered, right? Right, right. Kevin left a message for this number. So Kim is like, you know, I don't want to do anything else. She was a little rattled by the whole thing. Yeah, she was like, I'm just going to like wait it out and like see how I feel. Yes. So Kevin and Kane take it upon themselves to go to North Carolina. I think it was Charleston. Yeah, they fly there. Okay, Charleston. They So was it South Carolina? Yeah, it's South Carolina. It's okay. It's a lot to remember. <laughs> Charleston. Oh, Carolina. I remember because they kept, they kept so showing right. these beautiful views. But I thought they had no place to do this. They go, they like book an Airbnb. And try to find Kim's dad. And she has no clue that they're doing this. Also, their Airbnb for one night was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I would be like, all right, I'm booking like something cheap for one night. It was, of course, a mansion for two people. They go to this address that the guy's supposed to be living at. And they think they find him. And they confront a man who lives there. And the guy is like, I don't know what you're talking about, essentially. And he has a different name than what they were told is Kim's dad's real name. So they come back or they come back from the day after confronting this man that they think is Kim's dad. And he, they were like, he's lying about his name or he's changed his name or something. And they get a call from that number that they had left a message for prior to this trip back when Kim knew that they had the number. And the woman says that she was married to Kim's dad and he passed away two years ago which was just really sad. And they come back and they share this. And that is, it's such deep information. It's not like, hey, we found him. It's like, 
hey, your dad that you wanted to have a relationship with passed away. It just was so, I didn't like that storyline. I didn't think they had any business to go and do that. If if she had asked them to go with her, that'd be different. Yes. They were just like, I think we should go. No, that is, I wouldn't want my friends doing that. No, I, I thought that was, I don't know if that was kind of for the drama of the show. It, I just didn't, Yeah. I thought Kevin was kind of doing it for his own personal therapy because he couldn't find his parents. I felt like he was doing it to find someone else's parents. I don't, which to me was a little bit selfish of Kevin. I agree. I did see that she said at first I was kind of mad at them, but I'm totally over it now. Like it's all good. She handled it really well in the moment. I mean, she's probably so upset. There are bigger things she's doing like processing, but her and her mom handled it very well. But I think this kind of gave her perspective on life. And she ended up because of this apologizing to Anna and just saying, you know, I realize people means I forget what the tie in was, but I think she grew up a lot because of that. Yeah, she, she definitely grew on me. Okay. So Sherry is kind of, she wasn't like a main storyline. She was, she was almost, I like loved her too. I loved everyone. Oh my gosh. I didn't like, really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is so funny. I, that storyline just like didn't do a lot for me. I don't, I I don't know. She was like the sweetest person. I was like, I never, I don't want anyone to hurt Sherry. She is the (laughs) sweetest person on earth. (laughs) No, I don't, I'm sure (laughs) now I'm feeling terrible. I've, I'm sure she's a wonderful person. I just felt like she was kind of this random character on the side that wasn't in every episode. And she came in on like episode three or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Sherry used to be a famous pop star in Asia. I can't remember if it's Singapore, but her and Kane are really good friends. So again, Kane's the glue that holds this group together. So she has a kid and then she's pregnant. And this is just her, her and her boyfriend live together. And that's like very controversial in their culture that you have two kids and you're not engaged or or actually you're just not married. So Christine, I felt like was being really judgmental with this part and like specifically. And she was just kind of like, so like, why isn't he proposing? Like, what are your, you know, what does your family think about this? And the other thing about Sherry is that her mom passed away recently. So it's like this whole journey around that, which I really felt for her there. I just felt like that was mainly her her storyline until the last episode, which then it got good. <laughs> I thought their relationship was really interesting because she so clearly wanted to get married and be engaged. And he kept giving her these promise rings, which were the most ridiculous promise rings I've ever seen. <laughs> the promise rings were like, like five carats. Yes. Like t- an engagement ring times five. It was ridiculous. So, and he kept saying, her. someone kept saying, oh, he doesn't get her a ring, but he'll buy her, you know, really nice gifts. I'm like, okay, well, clearly Sherry just wants an engagement ring. And I think it's weird. I mean, I don't know if the second baby was not planned, but it's funny that if he doesn't want to marry her, why would they continue to build a family? So I just thought the whole thing was so weird. And then, I don't know. What did you think of her proposal to him? Oh, man. So 
at their baby's, um, what was it, Javon? Javon's 100-day celebration or 100-day party. In their culture, they celebrate when the baby is 100 days old with the hopes that they'll become like 100 years old someday. I think that's cute. I like that. Yeah, it's so interesting. I didn't know that. It was really cool to see. It was, of course, this big, spectacular party. But yeah, there were just all these cultural things going on at the party. And of course, everyone's all dressed up. Everyone's looking great. And Sherry goes to give like a speech, which you would think is about her baby, which it was a little bit. And then she goes in to propose to her boyfriend. (laughs) And with the editing, I thought that he was going to say no. His face was like, you can't even describe his face. It was train wreck. Like (laughs) I thought he was going to say no too. And then he had a really great response. He was basically like, because I couldn't give Sherry the proposal of her dreams. I'll give her the wedding of her dreams, which was very nice. I mean, why did you let it get to that point? Why didn't you just propose? That's just crazy to me. Good for her going after what she wants. You know what? Girls shouldn't be scared. I personally never want to do that. Yes. Same. Well, I don't have to know. Thank <laughs> God. But I like in that in their culture, that would be like unheard of, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. In in America, that I think that happens sometimes. My mom said that she basically said to my dad, like, are we getting married or what? Whoa. <laughs> no. That's so funny because that's my parents. What happened with my parents too? <laughs> my, my parents always laugh because they're like, everyone plans these elaborate fairy tale proposals. And in our day, it was like, so you're moving with your new job. Like, should we get married or should we not? <laughs> so my parents had me before they were married. And my mom was like, so do you think we should get married? I did not know that. Oh my gosh. So my mom was like, do you think we should get married? And so she doesn't have like an engagement ring or anything, which is kind of funny. Does she have, what does she wear? Like a wedding ring or a band? She's a wedding band, but she doesn't have like a diamond. But yeah, it's just funny because I think they think that these like bachelorette parties and weddings and proposals are just so over the top. They're like, why do you have to have an engagement party and all these different celebrations to them? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, even 10 years ago, even like six years ago, I don't think it was to the level that it is now. And I think it's because Instagram and social media. For sure. And I think travel is just so much more accessible now that, you know, a bachelorette party is an excuse to get away or go on vacation with your friends. It's not, you know, a bride being extra, I don't think. I mean, sometimes I'm sure it is, but. Yeah. I want all the bachelorette parties. Like I will come. (laughs) So yeah, that was, that was the big storyline. That was the last episode. That was when I couldn't believe it was the last episode already. Yeah. I had separation anxiety from when I was done with the show. I was like, I need more. (laughs) Also, we need to talk about, they would have, okay. Christine and Dr. Chu would have, Dr. Chu, by the way, is a plastic surgeon and Christine was, was slash might still be the the manager of the plastic surgeon place in Beverly Hills. And she makes like a bunch of money too. It's not just him. So I thought that was interesting. They threw this party in one of the episodes with this like sculpting machine that would basically like shake your butt. It was so insane. And then it was also a Botox party, but I just want to know if anyone's a doctor out there, like a dermatologist or something or a plastic surgeon, I don't know. The Botox thing, they were all dressed for a party with a ton of makeup on and they were just like the needles of vials of Botox. And I'm like, you need to have all of your makeup off and like an alcohol wipe. And I was getting like 
paranoid for them. You can't just stick the Botox in. I never thought about that. They did that on Selling Sunset too. Yes. I thought the same thing with Selling Sunset. I was like, you can't just stick a needle in your forehead right now when you have all that makeup on. That's horrible. I wonder if they, just for TV, like would take a little spot. There has to be some sort of health precaution they're taking there, I would hope. Yeah, no. And obviously Dr. Chu knows what he's doing. So I didn't think of that though. That's a good point. Yeah, that was giving me anxiety. So some of the parties, just absolutely insane. I think I liked the vibe the most of Sherry's, Javon's 100-day party. I just thought it was so regal. It almost looked like a wedding. It was so pretty. Yeah, it was really, and I feel like people were most relaxed at that one or like having the most fun. Can I say what my favorite kind of wrap-up storyline was? Was when Kane got Anna's French friend's number at the 100-day party. I was like, this is amazing. I loved that. Okay, so it's also important to note that Kane is kind of a mystery throughout this, and you don't know if he's in a relationship, if he's straight, if he's gay. And then at the end, he gets this guy's number, and then we were kind of like, oh, okay. And I kind of loved it because Kane is such a big personality, and the guy from France is a little more subdued and just kind of lets these people do their thing. And I could see their relationship working. I could see them having fun together. Yeah, that was that was a fun, like, random twist at the end that I loved. Because Kane didn't get, like, super personal. He was, like, the the person that everyone else would turn to, but... And the comedic relief. Yeah, exactly. But you didn't get to, like, really know him. Similar to, similar to Matt James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great comparison. Just tying in The Bachelor. I think we do have to talk about one last character who... Did absolutely nothing for the storylines. Just not a fan. Her name. I'm so confused of her. I'm so confused too. Her name's Jamie. She's in maybe every other episode, maybe just like three out of the seven or something. It, it Very random. She's an influencer. She's 21. What is it? Her dad's like a huge tech mogul in LA. I want to say it's for something really famous, but I don't want to butcher it. So her dad's a billionaire. And they talk about their allowances. Wasn't it like $40,000 a month? Or it's like your, it's like a salary yes. that they, someone's normal average salary. It was per month. Ridiculous. And she. It wasn't that. It was more than that, I think. Because I think she said the 40000 is what she makes off of Instagram. That's right. That's right. And then I went to see how many followers she has because I was like, I wonder how much people can make based off their follower count. And I think she had like 125000 Oh, I thought she had like millions of followers. No, because I, it wasn't an astronomical number, but yeah, I was very confused. She's just like an influencer and she's friends with this group, but she's significantly younger than, I mean, she's 21 and they're all 30-ish, 35, but I didn't think she, all she basically did was she went on that shopping trip that Christine brought them to Vegas and was just talking about how one of the most stressed she's ever been is when she was trying to decide the color of a certain bag to buy. I don't know if it's editing. I don't think it is. I think she's truly like just very out of touch with reality. And they kind of essentially make her look like the ditzy friend on the side, which I think that she is. She had awesome style though, other than when she wore her turtleneck to the beach. I like, she wore this like feathery outfit or she tried on some really cool outfits in Vegas I liked. I mean, yeah, that, like I've said at the beginning, that's 
just not my type of style, but I would say, yes, she's very fashionista. For sure. I don't know where I'd ever wear it. I just thought she like, kind of had a cool vibe. Yeah. So Jamie, yeah, not not a lot going on there, but still a character. But I, I, overall, like, I really liked the show. I thought it was a great, if you haven't binged it yet and we haven't ruined it for you, you should definitely watch. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, I guess we pretty much told you all. If you, I hope that the people listening have seen it because we told you everything. It's still worth watching, though, if you haven't seen it, because we can't do it justice describing all of these lavish things. And also, we clearly don't even know the names. Oh, do you remember the game they were playing on the airplane where they were like, okay, name a designer for every letter of the alphabet? And they're like, A, go. I could not think of ones. Oh, I would say Abercrombie. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I'm like, Mosimo. (laughs) Yes. Like, I still don't know how to pronounce some of these big designers. I just learned probably within the last like two years that Hermes is pronounced like that. I would have said Herms. Yes. It's only because I heard someone else say it. I think that I knew that. Otherwise, I agree. <laughs> but all of these crazy designers, that's it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a slice of life. <laughs> Quite the life. I'll take mine, actually, I think, because I think it might be true. More money, more problems. I really do. I could see that for sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for listening to our bonus episode and let us know what you think about Bling Empire and who your favorite character was. We're on Instagram at Bachelor at Buds and we'll get back to The Bachelor, of course. And let us know if there's any reality shows we should be watching because as we mentioned, other than The Bachelor, Bachelorette, we're not reality TV, I would say, junkies. Love is blind. True. Okay. Okay. Maybe we are. Love is blind, Sally and Sunset. We kind of are, but I I agree. I'm not into the Bravo stuff. So maybe, hey, if we're missing out on a Bravo show, I've heard Below Deck is really good. Yeah. Sell us on it. Yeah. Let us know. Message us. Post. Comment on our posts. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.